in this super, super competitive landscape, it's really important to build a brand that emotionally connects with people because if people trust your brand, like they do a friend, you know, they align with, they like the kind of content that you post and they like your messaging, they like your mission. If they really feel that connection to your brand, then they're going to buy your product, but that's secondary. So it's really about creating that emotional connection with people right away. Welcome to the Branding Lab, a workshop style podcast focused on providing actionable advice on how to build a remarkable brand. When host Yvonne Ivanescu decided to launch her own swimwear brand, she didn't know where to start. So she went straight to the experts. And the result? In-depth conversations with entrepreneurs, founders, marketing and brand experts who have created and designed the brands we love and interact with every single day. And now she's here to share these conversations with you. Are you ready to build your brand? Then you're in the right place. All right, let's dive into this episode with your host, Yvonne. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Branding Lab podcast. Now, today we have as a guest, Ben Rifkin, who is a creative director and video producer. He helps people build and scale online fashion brands. And he's also the co-founder of Caliper Global, a company that teaches people how to build e-commerce brands, which is very fitting, I think. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about how to create and use content to communicate your personal and or brand values. Hi, Ben. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm, I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited about our conversation today. And this is partly also because, you know, personal reason reasons. I'm in the moment. I'm kind of with my with my brand now in Rio Swim. I'm in that specific situation where I'm creating all the content. Like I've done all the branding, I've done all that. I'm creating the content, the Instagram content, the videos and the photography. And I have so many questions, and I think that this conversation is going to be amazing, not just for me, but for everyone listening who has the same types of questions. But before we get into it, I kind of wanted a little bit, wanted to know a little bit more about you. Um, first of all, like, what's your background and why fashion and e-commerce brands? Yeah, totally. So um, I have a, a long background. My, my origins are in video production. Um, so I have love for that. I'm a, a, a television production major from, from college. But beyond that, I started my first like mini production house uh, in college while I was working on, on my degree. And then after that, I went to work in content marketing at a startup in Chicago. So I really wanted to understand the, the marketing and the branding side. And I just fell in love with it 100%. And um, after that, I decided to move to Portugal. I came here. I worked at a creative agency for about a year here. So understanding the, the Portuguese market and the agency market here. After that, I went back to full-time freelance and brand building. So I, I really got a taste for fashion when I started working on larger scale commercials and uh, like, you know, YouTube ads, uh, Facebook and Instagram content. So I really got uh, a taste for the branding space and just fell in love with it. So fashion specifically, I fell in love with because it is, it's such an expressive uh, industry. You can do so much with your creative. So it's really not this cut and dry type of structured video content. Like you can have so much fun with it. You can get really weird and abstract and still speak to your customers. So that was kind of really how I fell in love with the, the fashion world. And, and beyond that, uh, yeah, I connected with Callum, who's the other co-founder of Caliper. And, and that's where that, uh, that company was born. 
And I, I mean, that's amazing. I think branding, for example, like when you, when we talk about branding, one of the questions that I always ask on my podcast, and I'm going to ask this to, to you as well, as we begin, um, what is branding? Like if you can explain branding in your own words, what, how would you define branding and why do you think branding is important for small businesses and startups? Oh my God, that is. It's an easy question. It's an easy question that we're going to start with. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, a brand—it's—it's it's so difficult to nail down. But the way that I see it is, it's really about feelings. It's about emotions, memories, uh, like expectations, understanding, and what it really comes down to is how you influence somebody to to make a purchase decision. But before that, it's really just about emotionally connecting with somebody. So that's really what branding means to me. And why, why do you think it's important for brands to, to actually build or for entrepreneurs to build a brand? That's, that's the thing. So brands these days are, branding is so much more important than product these days. And that's what a lot of people, a lot of our students fail to realize right away is that there are hundreds, thousands of brands that make the same exact product. But when you think about a specific product, you might think of two to three brands that kind of own that market share. And so in this super, super competitive landscape, it's really important to build a brand that emotionally connects with people. Because if people trust your brand, like they do a friend, you know, they align with, they like the kind of content that you post and they like your messaging, they like your mission. If they really feel that connection to your brand, they're going to buy your product. But that's secondary. So it's really about creating that emotional connection with people right away. Yes, definitely. 100% amen to that. <laughs> now, I know that you said that you uh, you teach your students about branding. Let's talk a little bit about what you teach because um, and what people, if they uh, sign up to your course, your accelerator program, what do they learn in that? And maybe we can talk about a little, a little bit about that and then go into the last part, which is understanding how to create content Um uh, video content, social media content, and video content uh, around what you've cre- around your brand and your brand values and, and the strategy that you create. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So when people come to us, they are at a stage where they've never built a brand before. They have no idea where to start. They they've always had this idea for a fashion brand, but they really were just kind of lost. So we we basically structure everything for them uh, over the course of three months. So it starts with understanding uh, your mindset and how you are building the brand, how you're setting aside time, you know, understanding the biggest mistakes that people make early on. We go into how to find suppliers and manufacturers, you know, navigating that landscape. We go into branding, everything from the foundations of your brand to your visual brand and your content. We go into to marketing stuff, creating a pre-launch campaign, um, you know, uh, once you've launched, how you expand your brand, how you get into retail. So we really go from beginning to end. And it, it does vary based on students. Some people like different types of information. So we kind of customize it to uh, our students. I love that. I wish, you know, I wish I had that when I started because I, I could have I could have used that definitely. I was so lost at the beginning as someone who has never created a fashion brand. I was I didn't know where to start. I didn't know what to do. And I think that the structure is amazing. and. Oh, love it. Thank um, you. <laughs> now let's go into the branding aspect of it. Like when you look into the branding of it, what is it that you, what are like the, the elements that you teach when you go through the branding? 
Yeah. So under the umbrella of branding, we go through a lot of the, the stuff that everybody knows about, you know, the customer persona, brand story and voice, you know, the unique brand proposition stuff, your mission, vision, values, your brand name. But then my favorite parts of the branding process are really the visual branding stuff, mm-hmm. understanding from, from square one, like typography, your colors, your photographic style, how you're going to lay out your content, all of these things, the things that really make that first impression on somebody. That's, the, that's what really gets me excited, that kind of stuff. Okay. I heard some, a word that I want you to explain to me, photographic style. Absolutely. How, how do you figure that out? <laughs> that's a good question. So every single stage of the branding process comes down to that one question of who is your customer persona. Mm-hmm. So you can really understand that like by talking to people. That's the best way to do it is to understand who your customer is and then what are the thing, what are the pages that they follow on Instagram? You know, what are the Facebook pages they like? Um, what are they watching on YouTube? Are they on TikTok? What are they, you know, all the things that they like the most that they're interacting with. So you can kind of get a picture for, you know, uh, what brands they like to buy from, um, you know, if they follow these travel accounts. So like it's, it's about understanding what accounts they're already attracted to and then kind of catering your visual style to those brands. So if you say, if somebody comes to me and they're like, I love um, Clouse, I bought a Clouse watch and um, I'm really into this kind of like minimal contemporary style, mm-hmm. then a brand that I might build to cater towards that person would probably have, you know, some lifestyle shots of minimal interior design, some, maybe some travel stuff. My product images are probably going to be very minimal looking with, you know, solid color backgrounds shot outside. You know, there's not going to be a lot of colors or patterns. So it's really about understanding the visual style people are attracted to and then catering your content to that. Okay. So as someone who is in this, I'm going to ask you a lot. Like I said, I'm going to ask you a lot of questions um, because at this point in time, you know, uh, I love to, when I, with this podcast, I love to talk about my personal experiences because I feel like giving what I'm going through really does help other people and gives practical uh, examples of something that is real. Mm -hmm. Uh, So right now, for example, now in Rio Swim, we're about to launch. I have the brand strategy. I have all that kind of done. And I'm looking at creating the taking all of that, that brand strategy, everything that I've created and transport, like moving that into the online world. So into my website, into my Instagram, into the video, into the photography. Now, what would you give like as advice for someone that is in that stage of like, okay, I have everything. I have my, you know, my typography, my colors, my customer persona. I have everything. Now I have to create content. Now I have to create, you know, Instagram shots or videos or where do they go? Like, how do they, how do they maneuver that, (laughs) that landscape? Yeah. I mean, so I, I learn by doing Everything that I do, I, I learn by by doing. So let's just dive into it. So let's say, uh, tell me like three of your brand values for this swimwear brand. Okay, so it's sustainability, empowerment, and uh, um, transparency. Okay, cool. So already the two that jumped out at me the most is transparency. So that could relate to content, uh, behind the scenes content, photos of you know like sustainable locally sourced materials. So showing people every stage of how the product is made from start to finish, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what the, the imagery that jumps to mind uh, for that. So uh, empowerment, that makes me think of um, low angle shots, you know, photos from a low angle that show people in that kind of hero position, 
right? People surfing uh, or climbing or, or doing something that is physically challenging. So your images start to come together around your values, right? Mm -hmm. And the style of images that you choose, the colors, the type, all that comes secondary, but it's really about writing down the activities that you want to show people that align with your brand, right? Interesting. Show the activities that you want to align with your brand. Yep. I like that. So if they were going to, in terms of like hiring or doing it yourself, or like how do people, I guess you would recommend them to hire a photographer or hire a videographer, but how do you go about doing that? How do you find people? I mean, I think it's, there's so many videographers. I'm going to say there's so many creatives out there, right? Mm -hmm. And you as an individual, you might be overwhelmed by all of this. How do you know who to work with and how to communicate and what to communicate to them? Great question. Yeah. So number one, not all photographers are brand photographers. That's an important thing to keep in mind. Um, As somebody who comes from uh, over 15 years of photography and video experience, that is an important thing to keep in mind because somebody could be an amazing wedding photographer, but in brand photography, there are so many more things to worry about other than just the lighting and the composition. So brand photographers are thinking about what are the ways that I'm playing with color in the background? What are the ways that, you know, like I'm making sure if, if my brand has maybe whites, grays, and maybe a blue here and there, it's kind of this minimal pale style. I want to make sure there are no oversaturated colors in my background. Or if there are, you know, if it's the other way around, I want to make sure I'm shooting in a place that has a lot of these popping colors. So you have to, there's a lot of these micro decisions that are made for branding photography. So the first thing to do is find somebody who has shot brands uh, that you like. Like you have to like their work first. So that's number one. Number two is once you've found a few photographers you like and you're zeroing in on one, you want to find some other brands that you like on Instagram that have the same like photographic style that you kind of want to capture. And then you send that account to them. Photographers love it when you can send them something that they can model after. So like there are all these different visual styles you can play around with. But if I have a client who sends me a page and they're like, can you replicate, you know, as a question, of course, can you replicate this kind of visual style, this type of lighting, this flat look? Uh, I'd be like, oh, yeah, of course. Like I, I can think of four shoot locations that would work for this. I know exactly what equipment I have to rent for this shoot. So when you can provide as much detail up front as possible, it's really helpful for, for making sure that, you know, the the uh, client and the photographer are on the same page the, the whole time. And, and I don't know if this is like, once you do have a photographer and you've nailed that brand photographer and let's say you want to do another photo shoot in the future, should you be keeping the same photographer or is it not a good idea to switch between photographers? Cause you say that photographers have different styles. Um, will that reflect in their photos? I, I don't know if this is like a, a not the best question, but it's a musing of mine. No, yeah. So if you if you want to kind of test the waters with a new photographer when you're first starting out, we'll start there. Um, then maybe maybe do a, a small shoot, like a, a one hour shoot with one product, um, just see if they'll give you a rate as like a test project, uh, just to kind of you know make 100 percent sure that they are the one you want to work with. If you are, you know, let's fast forward, uh, you know, five six months, you're well established, you've got this visual style that's been well-established on your pages and you want to hire a new photographer for whatever reason, 
you would send your existing photos to them, you know, of course, check their work and make sure that they can replicate that style. And then, Mm -hmm. of course, ask them like, you know, leading kind of questions. Like if you were going to shoot this, what are the the locations that would come to mind that we could shoot at, you know? Mm -hmm. So ask questions about how they would execute your shoots. And that'll give you a better idea of if they can accomplish the same style. But generally, if you send a photographer your work and you say, is this kind of style something you could do? Um, they'll, they'll be pretty honest about it, you know, and you'll be able to see it in their work. Okay. Now I want to maybe rewind a little bit. Cause I know you talked about like understanding your visual style. Mm-hmm. Um, when you say what goes into your visual style, is it the logo, the colors? Yeah. 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 So there's, there's a lot of stuff that goes into, into the visual style. So logos, textures, colors, um, typography, obviously your images and your, your videos, stuff like that. So it is really about creating a feeling. Mm-hmm. And uh, when all of these things come together, like, uh, creating the, the specifics of those is really going back to the values. Like we start with those values. Yep. Those translate into all these different visual elements and then those you narrow down. So if you're just starting out, And if you're trying to figure out your visual style, what I would say is take your values, have those next to you, and then do create a mood board, basically open PowerPoint or Google slides, and then just start copying and pasting images that inspire you that you'd like to model your brand after. So it could be photos, it could be videos, it could be quotes, it could literally just be textures, a screen grab of, you know, a sandy texture or something like that. The more that you do that, the more your visual style will reveal itself to you. So it's really hard to just sit down and be like, I know exactly what, what font, you know, what colors <laughs> I'm going to use. Like it's, unless you're an expert, it's, it's really hard to do that. But these little tricks like creating a mood board are super easy ways to really get, get exactly uh, what look you really want. Yeah, I love that. I love that uh, piece of advice. I would recommend that anyone who's listening, uh, there's also Miro or Mural. Um, those are two really great tools uh, that are very drag and drop kind of image. Uh, and I use those all the time. I've created many, many mood boards for my brand. And it's definitely something that I've been using. Um, I kind of also, I mean, I still want to go on this on this point of, let's say you have your, your fi- visual style, right? Mm-hmm. When you're hiring your team to be able to translate that, your visual style into your content, because I know it's not just a photographer. I know it's not just a videographer. There's like graphic, like who, how do you put together a team to be able to, or how can you do it? I guess yourself, if you, I mean, I think it's harder to do it yourself, but who do you need to have on your team to be able to really nail moving your brand strategy from just an idea into, into implementing it into, in the real world, into the, uh, the online world or, or out there, you know, online and, and everything. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So there are roles that are super essential early on as far as the team goes. Uh, and there are roles that you can kind of wait and hire later. So if you, uh, for a logo, for example, you could create your own in Canva. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a super easy tool to use to create a logo. Um, you can also hire somebody on Fiverr or Upwork for under 50 bucks to create your logo. And they might even be able to put together a little color palette for you. Uh, there are tools to select your color palette based on your own preferences or, you know, what trending color palettes are out there. I can recommend a couple tools for that as well. So there, there are things like that where you don't have to hire a graphic designer for. 
photographers are a must. There is no way around it. You have to hire a professional photographer. So it's important to set aside money for that early on because, again, your Instagram account is probably going to be the first interaction people have with your brand. So it's really important that you hit them with the highest quality content you possibly can there. Because if somebody, whether it's a potential customer or an influencer you're going to partner with, comes to your page and they see iPhone photography that's kind of just, you know, rushed through, that's going to be a deal breaker. Like they're out, you know, that's it. Mm -hmm. So it's really important that the photography stuff early on, everything else, graphic design, um, it's really just about keeping it simple Mm -hmm. and clean. And, you know, the V1 is just, you know, your website is there to sell your products. Your Instagram is there to lure people in and, you know, get them engaged with your content. So it's, yeah, I would say early on, the most important thing is hiring a photographer. Everything else you can kind of do in-house modeling your your stuff after other brands that you like. And what about video? Video um, is, of course, very near and dear to my heart. But <laughs> that being said, it isn't the most important asset to start with. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so hiring a good videographer is harder than hiring a photographer because there are just more photographers. So really good video people and, and people who have done successful ads in video are a little bit harder to find. They're more common now than they were five years ago, but video is most important when you start to run ads. So when you're start when you're ready to start running Facebook ads, mm-hmm. um, you'll definitely want like a fifteen to a thirty second video uh, at you know a very high quality um, caliber. But I would say when you're ready to get a couple of video assets, batch them. You know, order like two or three at one time. It'll be a little bit less expensive than doing these separately down the line. But Mm -hmm. um, the most important video assets to have once you're already launched are a product video on your website. So when people hit your website, a video is the first thing they see because videos lower bounce rates. They they really help people get connected with your brand right away. They're much faster at communicating information. So So the hero image would be a video. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, that's what I always recommend. It, it Again, it depends on the brand. I'm not going to say this is a hard and fast rule for, for all brands. But I, I guess for like most fashion brands, it would be recommended. I would say so. Yeah. Okay. I would say so. And um, it, it's great if you can have video in your in your Instagram content as well. But it's it's more really important for ads, for getting people, you know, that first touch point that they have with your brand. And then... Um, the more that you can mix in with your website, the better, because it'll just help build trust. It'll help, you know, it'll help get more sales. Now, uh, I had a question about amateur videos and how that would look on, you know, a fashion brand or a brand's uh, Instagram. Because nowadays, you know, we have a lot of reels, you know, Instagram's pushing reels a lot. There's IGTV, there's also TikTok. Um, What are your thoughts of people I don't think many people hire out individuals to create these types of, you know, 15 second videos. Um, But what are your thoughts of people creating those types of videos and intermingle those with professional photos? I would say your, your Instagram posts, your grid feed should be only professional content. Okay. You can have posts maybe in like your IGTV uh, here and there, Uh, maybe some like in your, in your stories here and there. I think that's great. It's it's a great spot to use video, uh, especially with your like uh, your fixed stories on Instagram, the ones that are always there. Mm-hmm. You can shoot some some nice quality content in there, like vertical videos, and you can just save those in there. But I wouldn't, unless you have 
like the newest iPhone or you're making these videos more professionally, they have a very clean, consistent look to them. Basically, like if you're completely new to video, I wouldn't incorporate it in your in your core <laughs> page just yet. Um, I would get some practice done and really examine what other brands are doing video well on their page and then see if you can replicate that. Yeah, because I think a lot of people now are really interested in the video aspect of it, but they're still creating. I mean, I don't think my videos are very good either. I mean, I'm trying to do some TikToks. <laughs> That's been an interesting experience, I have to say. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's more of my personal brand than my professional brand, for sure. Because I think um, the idea behind that, I guess, would be that it's not a, because it doesn't look professional, it doesn't look put together, you're not going to inspire trust if you're doing something, you're putting together like a sloppy kind of uh, iPhone kind of weird transition video uh, right beside these professional shots. Yeah. 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 You don't want to do that. It's the video is really great to be used in stories, especially because that's that daily interaction or like a few times a day that people are going to have with your brand. So like, especially in your case, you're talking about transparency. Like if you get some new product in or some raw materials, you know, shooting that in some nice natural light and like talking about it a little bit, that's great content. You know, it's great because it engages people. It reminds them that you're there. And it's, uh, it's not distracting from your professionally shot stuff. So studies show that people need to see your products at least seven times before they're ready to make a purchase decision. So a lot of that is happening in your stories. It's just like here and there, it's, it's like their little window into your daily life, you know, where, whereas your grid posts are really about the professional look and feel of your brand. And... Do you think, how often do you think people should be posting on their stories? And should there be uh, the founder? Does it matter if the founder shows their face? It, it depends on if the founder wants to. Um, Some people are all about, you know, integrating themselves into their brands. You know, their whole brand story is about their own personal journey. And that works really well because the more that you can create an emotional connection to a brand, the better. And that's easy when you are the brand. So that's totally great if you want to do that. If not, it's really just about, you know, giving people what they like in your daily stuff. So like Mm -hmm. you could post memes, you could post this behind the scenes content, you could post, you know, repost other, other people's content, like inspirational quotes or events, stuff like that. So it's just about giving them the stuff that's going to keep them, you know, anticipating your daily stories, whatever that is. Okay. Um, Let's talk a little bit more, I guess, then on the photography aspect, um, more than, you know, Instagram reels and stories. Let's say, what is one of the biggest mistakes that you see entrepreneurs do when they are trying to create content around, uh, create video content, sorry, not photography, um, about their brand? Um, the biggest mistakes, I would say the first one is just trying to do it themselves. Okay. Um, the second one is going into it without, um, understanding what their colors should be. So if you take a a good brand, it's really hard to describe, but, uh, one that I think everybody should check out is called cold laundry. Cold laundry. Okay. Cold laundry on Instagram. They have an incredible visual style. And when you see it, it's really easy to understand why it works. It's because all the shoots that they've done for this brand have the same colors, both in the background and the foreground, the clothes, the models, everything really just works. It's, it's a beautifully designed brand. 
So another big mistake people have is, you know, they, they're walking down the street, they say this beautiful red building and they're like, oh my God, we got to shoot the, you know, we got to shoot our shirt in front of this building. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so they shoot it, they put it on their Instagram and all of a sudden things don't quite look right. And it's because their brand colors are like pale blues and yellows. And all of a sudden they have this jarring red color in there. So keeping colors both in your background and on your model in mind when you're shooting this stuff is a huge way, you know, to see a quick improvement because that's like, it's really one of the first things in the first few milliseconds that people notice about your page is your colors. Oh, wow. I'm starting, I'm thinking a little bit about my, (laughs) my colors and how I'm going to incorporate that in my, in my photo shoot. Uh, And it's, it's something that we don't think about too often, you know, especially when you're sourcing. So we tell people to obviously have their own originally shot product and lifestyle content, but you can also use like death to the stock photo.com or shutterstock or any of these other stock photo websites to pull photos of like interior design, um, you know, vacation photos of people, you know, swimming in Bali, whatever, you know, but when you're finding photos like that too, it's important to see, you know, what colors are in the foreground, the background. Because when you integrate them into your page, it should look super natural next to your product photos, almost like they were shot by the same person. Okay. But a good brand photographer would be able to tell, like, do all of this for you, right? Yep. So a really good photographer, if you can hire somebody who's willing to curate your stuff as well, they'll be able to both shoot it and curate it. So So what does that mean? Curate it? Yeah. So there are a bunch of apps to schedule your content. Um, The one that I like a lot is Later. It's just laterapp.com. Yeah, I use that one as well. <laughs> yeah, that's a great, it's a great one because they have these the free tier pricing. Schedulegram is another one, but um, they have they all have these tools where you can see all of your photos laid out and what they're gonna look like in the grid format. So you can see all these photos next to each other and you can kind of notice right away if one is gonna stick out, you know, or if they're all gonna flow together. And photographers do that. They'll like take the photos and then put it into the later and look at if there's a good flow. Yeah. You might have to pay them a little bit extra if, if like, uh, if you want them to curate, you know, a few months of content at a time. But, um, if they're willing to do that, it's always great to have somebody with a trained eye do that because otherwise you'll probably spend uh, a lot of hours with trial and error, just kind of putting something together, kind of feeling like it doesn't work, but not quite understanding why. Whereas these people spend a lot of their time looking at images, colors, composition, and understanding why things work together and don't. So it's a lot easier for them. Uh, so if you can pay them to do that, it's it's the way to go. Amazing. Uh, I did not know that. That's a great tip. <laughs> um, now, when if I'm looking for a brand photographer, what are the questions that I should be asking them when I'm trying to hire them? Yeah, no, great question. So I would say, ask them um, what other brands they've shot. Um, I would ask them what equipment uh, they generally use on a shoot. So, you know, just, just if you have any knowledge of photography, uh, if not, it's just kind of, it's good to know, you know, to look up the lenses and to understand like really like uh, what kind of equipment they choose to use. You know, if they're using like a lot of uh, kit stuff, the lenses that come with the cameras or cheap equipment, it's probably not the direction that you want to go. But at the same time, it, it really comes down to what their finalized work looks like. The first thing to do is just look at their portfolio. And then the brands that they've worked on, look at those pages as well. So ask them, what are the brands they've shot for? 
Um, what is their favorite type of content to shoot? Um, do they have, uh, you know, a place to source models and locations? And um, do they have all their own equipment they need to rent? Because that'll also influence the price uh, of your shoots. Okay. And let's say you hire a photographer, a brand photographer that you really like. What is the process of uh, like a photo shoot? Like, what is it as an entrepreneur? What is my role and what are my responsibilities and what, what should I be doing? And how does that whole process look? Totally. So um, let's say I'm hiring a photographer uh, for this brand. So I, I want somebody to shoot three types of images. I want flat lay photos. I want close-up product images, and I want further out lifestyle images. So for the flat lay photos, they'll probably have to do some stuff in some indoor locations. They'll have to get some props, you know, like flowers or magazines or jewelry, things like that to, you know, arrange next to your product. For the the close-up product photos, they, you know, they'll have to do, that can be outside, but it's easier to do that stuff in a controlled environment. So they, they might have to shoot some of that stuff inside as well. And then I would want lifestyle photos. So that's the most common one. The one that you see where people are out by the beach wearing the product, the one where they're sitting in a cafe, having a coffee, wearing the product, things like that. So you, you basically say upfront, I would like, you know, I'd like these lifestyle shots to be in three different locations, like the cafe, the beach and walking on the street. And so that tells the photographer that they have to block out probably a couple of days of shooting, maybe two locations per day. Right. And it tells them that you also want to communicate, obviously, your colors and your, your visual style, things like that. Uh, and the images that you see online, you'd like yours to look like. So that gives them a reference on, on how they're going to shoot. Now, when you hire a photographer, do they usually come with things like, do they figure out, you know, the location or the props or the models or the makeup? Or does that usually come together? Or is it something that I would have to where I would have to, you know, do myself. So it's something to communicate because some photographers already have a lot of these contacts available and they're ready to go. Some photographers are just there to shoot. So I would say set clear expectations for your photographer. Say, um, based on the brief that I've just sent you about what kind of photos I want and where, do you have locations in mind? And if so, can you send me your top 10 location options? And they'll probably have either Google images or shoots they've done before. Because we photographers love doing shoots at the same locations. Once we find a good spot where there's amazing lighting, cool scenery, we won't get kicked out by security. Once we find a a great spot like that, we're going to hang on to it. So a lot of good photographers will already have this Rolodex of places. So ask them to send you some locations that they have already worked with or ones they'd recommend. Um, And then you can kind of pick from those. And then the same goes for models. So photographers will also have a list of models they've worked with. Uh, so if you tell them generally how much you'd like to pay per hour for your models, ask them if they have any recommendations of models that you could work with. Okay. Now the big question, what is a budget? (laughs) What's the normal budget or like an average budget for a photography session? Cause you said also like a photo shoot can go for multiple days, Right. Um, And I think that a lot of, I mean, I think a lot of entrepreneurs, especially myself, you know, we might be a little bootstrapped or we might not have that that much of a budget. And I know that you said that photography is like one of 
one of, if not the most important thing a brand needs to do. So what is your advice for, or, you know, people who are like, my gosh, I don't have that much budget. Should you just say, should you, or is it just like suck it up and find budget, find some budget? <laughs> I know that that's not always the easiest. Uh, that's not the well most re- well received piece of advice. I would say. Yeah, I was just joking. <laughs> yeah, no, of course. I, I would say the the less budget that you have to start out just means the more work that you'll have to do yourself. So you might find a you know I would say join a Facebook group um, for photographers in your area. There in every city in the world, they have Facebook groups where us photographers congregate to share our work, share gigs that you know we can't take that somebody else might want. So you can join these photographer Facebook groups, and then you can post like, "Hey, I'm looking for a photographer for this kind of shoot. I've only got this kind of a budget. So is there anybody here that'd be willing to work with me on that kind of a budget?" And as long as you're super honest and upfront with these people, and tell them, "Look, like ahead of time, I have this amount of money to spend." but I'm only really looking for a one location shoot, um, then people will probably be willing to help out. The thing that like photographers hate the most is when somebody's like, yeah, I'm looking for, t- for somebody to shoot at five locations in two days. We've got 17 models and we've got you know, 14 <laughs> wardrobe changes, uh, but our budget is $200. Like it's going to be crickets, you know? So set your expectations uh, a little bit lower. I would say mm-hmm. one location you can still in one location shoot like three different scenes just by how you position your stuff. So one location, one or two models, the most you can find friends or family who are willing to model for you. And then just, again, the same stuff before send them the visual style that that you want and be really clear about your colors, background, stuff like that. And usually you'll find a couple people who are willing to work with you. And be very clear that you want a brand photographer. So uh, or no. when, you're, oh. <laughs> when you're budget shopping, it's a little hard to, <laughs> to specify. Okay. I'm sorry. But again, once people come out of the woodwork and say like, Hey, yeah, like I, I know a friend who could do this for you. I've tagged him here. You go on a friend's website, you look at their work, you see like, does their visual style kind of align with yours? If it's pretty close and you think you could give them some direction to get it all the way there. Perfect. That's the best that you can hope for. If it's obviously like their work is terrible, don't just settle for that person. Hold out for somebody with a little bit more experience. Um, but the more that you build relationships with these people, the more willing they are to refer you to somebody else they know who's willing to do it, you know, because sometimes, you know, especially now photographers have less work here and there. So they might have openings to, to do shoots at a slightly lower price if they, if you're coming through a, a trusted connection. And as someone who's launching a brand, how often do you usually do they have to do photo shoots? Is it because I'm guessing you need to have a lot of fresh content. It's not something that you can just reuse photos from one photo shoot over and over and over again. Um, How often would you recommend people, you know, do brand photo shoots? I would say do a photo shoot uh, once every few months. So if you can get a couple of get batch, batch your photos. So shoot for a couple of days And I would try and aim to get like 50 photos, 50 finalized photos out of those shoot days. So then you're going to mix those in with uh, 40 photos from, um, you know, Shutterstock or other websites like that, where you get like that that kind of lifestyle content that aligns with your brand, like I talked about. Mm -hmm. And then right there, that's 90 days of content. That's three months of scheduled content that you don't have to worry about anymore. And Mm -hmm. if after that amount of time, you don't have anything else, that's, that's a long enough time to start recycling stuff. 
So <laughs> in an ideal scenario, yeah, about 50. But again, like it's really just about however much you're able to afford when you're, when you're starting out. Yeah. Cause I mean, I feel like a lot of people who are starting, you know, small businesses, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, you know, you have a lot limited budget yeah. and especially in fashion when you have to put in so much money in terms of like sampling and production and all that. It's just, it's crazy how much the money disappears, how fast it disappears. <laughs> it is. It is remarkable. That's, that's very true. Yeah. And before you even launch, I think that's the scariest part because you haven't even launched yet and you're just, you've spent all this money and you're hoping I mean, you've done the work, obviously, to to talk to the customers, but you're still hoping that, like, hopefully, the people that you've talked to will actually buy, and that you you nailed it. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah, so it is it is a bit of a, a gamble early on, that's for sure. Um, but again, it, it's really just about building relationships with with creatives like this, because if they like you and they like the way that you work with them, you make it easy. You found somebody who's got a similar visual style and you give that photographer a little bit more creative control, then they're going to be much more compelled to give you discounts, work with you more in the future, refer you to friends, and, and basically just help you out. Okay. And, and the thing is, what I had a quick question in terms of what are your thoughts of, because now more and more Instagram accounts and brands are using you know, graphic designers and they're putting more, not photos, but more like quotes or um, illustrations or different types of things into their Instagram to to solidify their that kind of look and feel and that pretty news feed. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts about that in terms of that type of content? I think it entirely depends on your brand. Okay. I think that if you, like you mentioned, one of your values is empowerment. So there are a lot of, uh, you know, quotes from powerful women that you can post as you know like these cool like a text post using your brand font uh just to mix in with your content here and there the other benefit of posts like that is that they you can use a solid color background or white or black background with colored text and so it just like it helps tie the colors of your page together a little bit more too Mm -hmm. i would say don't go overboard with those posts because they can get out of hand pretty quickly uh (laughs) there's too many there's too many accounts now that are just quotes and and Ultimately, I would just say, like, think about what you want to see on Instagram. Like, do you follow pages because they have lots of quotes or is it because you really love that brand and what they stand for and they also happen to post quotes? So, you know, really consider why they work when they do. I love that. That's great. That's a great advice. Um, And I think with that, I think we're going to maybe wrap up this episode. Um, I really enjoyed actually talking with you. I think one of the biggest takeaways that I got from all of this was that um, when you're, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, um, but when you're creating your content, I think the most important thing is to be able to to be able to hire a photographer and create stunning content, uh, stunning photos for your Instagram, for your website. Um, and that's going to be the most important piece uh, when you are trying to translate your brand strategy and your brand expression and to, and put it out into the real world. Correct? Yeah, yeah? absolutely. Yep. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Perfect. And I mean, maybe we can say once you do have the photographer, maybe what, how do people want, if they are deciding to grow, you know, I have the photographer, what are the next steps from that? Like, what should they start adding on? I would say the next step is finding partnerships. 
So okay. early on, finding micro-influencers between 10 and 50,000 followers who have the same vision and values that you do, kind of people that align with their brand. Because uh, once you have good content on your page, you're more likely to be able to secure somebody who's willing to either do product in exchange for you know promotion or maybe a, a revenue split type thing. So I would say once you're done with your photo and your content stuff and your website's up, then yeah, start looking for some of these people you can collaborate with and even maybe do shoots with. And how would you find them? Maybe like last state, last question. How would you find influencers? How do yeah. people find influencers? There's lots of ways to do it. I mean, the easiest way is literally just to search through hashtags to, to do a hashtag search for something specific to your type of brand or, you know, to fashion blogger or fashion influencer or whatever. And then just see on that page, what are the ones that pop up when you scroll down a little bit more? Because obviously the ones that have like 30 million are going to pop up right away. <laughs> uh, so you really want to scroll down a little bit more and see. Um, but again, it, it, you know, you can go to uh, other fashion brands that are, you know, pretty well established and see what models and influencers they feature. Um, so, you know, it, it's really just about looking at brands and um, other, other influencers and, and understanding uh, if they kind of align with your brand. Hundred percent. I think a lot of people. I mean, influencer marketing is a different podcast episode altogether because I think you can really talk about it. And it's really important. Totally. Uh, and a lot, a lot of people think, oh, influencer marketing doesn't work. That's because you're not doing it right. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly. why it's not working. Anything that doesn't work, when people say like social media doesn't work, I'm like, because you're doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. At, at, uh, at Caliper, we teach people partnership marketing and not influencer marketing, and it's a whole different world. Um, but yeah, that, that is definitely its own episode. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hundred percent. And I think what I would also like to leave, uh, like a comment, uh, at the end of this is to remind people not to get too ahead of themselves. Um, because a lot of the times, especially with me, you know, I compare myself, I compare my brand and myself with like really huge brands that have beautiful Instagram, you know, feeds and the vi like the visual identity, it's gorgeous. And you look at that and you're like, wow, that's amazing. And you kind of want to do the same thing. And they probably have like a team of 10 people and they have thousands upon thousands of dollars in budget. And so we just have to be kind to ourselves and realize that you're going to get there eventually, but you know, it's a, it's a slow hill to climb and don't be too hard on yourself in the end. Exactly. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's important to remember your first batch of photos will not be your last. So it's, you know, when you go through this stuff and you see other brands that you're really inspired by screenshot their stuff, paste it in your mood board, keep it right there with you. Uh, and you'll be surprised at how fast your stuff improves. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you so much, Ben. I really appreciate you coming on in the podcast episode on this podcast. I really loved everyone, everything we talked about. Maybe next time we can talk about partnership marketing because I think that's another amazing topic that not a lot of people know too much about. Um, but if someone wants to talk to you or if they want to learn more about your accelerator program, where can they find you? Yeah. So um, they can check out uh, caliperglobal.com. That's caliper with one L. Uh, or they can also send me an email, uh, ben at caliper, C-A-L-I-P-E-R, global.com. Perfect. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. I had a great time. Yeah. Have a great one. Thanks. You too. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Branding Lab podcast with your host, Yvonne Ivanescu. 
If you've enjoyed the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, or leave us a review on your preferred podcast listening platform. We really appreciate that effort. We'll catch you next time.